The galaxy is burning. Brother fights brother, and treason splits the Imperium of Man. This is the Horus Heresy. Whether you're a warrior of the Legionis Astartes, an adherent of the Mechanicum, or a brave mortal in a galaxy of madness, you'll find a home here. Welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat, coming to you from within the depths of the Vengeful Spirit. Hey, hello, and welcome retreat. to the Remembers oh, uh, Retreat. Uh, uh, oh, Jesse! knew that Christ. was going to happen. <laughs> Jesse! Oh! Uh, this is why we can't. Hey, folks, yeah. welcome to the Remembrances Retreat. I'm Jesse. <laughs> I'm joined by Will, Stephen, and Dave. Hey, guys, what's going on? We had a uh, nothing going on that I can think of. You guys remember doing anything? Um, It's all been a blur to me, uh, honestly. Yeah, 80 hour work weeks will do that to you, Jesse. Yep, yeah, I'm still just carrying on, loving it. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I played in an event this sun- uh, this Saturday. Oh yeah. man, what event did you go play? on? Sounds sounds interesting. Let's talk about that. Well, um, I'm pretty sure you guys were there, but in, in amongst all the dice rolling and all the winning, it's just hard to remember. <laughs> oh man, I know it's so hard being humble, isn't it, Stephen? It hurts. It really does. Just my back. Oof. Uh, but anyway. Uh, I played in our uh, hosted event at Battlegrounds. It was a D43 event. It was a series of three 1,500-point games um, with various different little bonuses and secondary objectives thrown in, which was a lot of fun. Um, My favorite one was the very first one, uh, which was write up a cool narrative or something funny about your game. And that that was a good time. Yeah, I like doing the essays. I stole that from the uh, Nova guys because uh, I think that was a fun little aspect is hearing how people describe their events. It was. I think, it was pretty entertaining. Yeah, I think David's was probably my favorite initially until I got um, uh, Jason and uh, Austin's. Austin's, yeah. But uh, David's was just like shit blew up and shit died game over <laughs> like that was it like yeah pretty concise report that's exactly what happened yeah so so robbie was like oh man i'm really i'm really tired i'm really not feeling this right now and and i was like look man i was like some shit happened some shit blew up and some shit died and a story he was like i like it I'm writing it down so uh so yeah that, that's that was that was cool man but uh but steven secondary objectives what are, you, what are you talking about? Well, by by that, I mostly mean the the little. I'm, I'm not entirely sure how to what word to use to describe them, like the essays. Oh yeah, or yeah. The, the funny hats. Uh, I guess um, caveats. Would that be a good word? I don't know. A uh, party thing. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I think what Stephen's getting at. The frills of yeah. the event. Yeah. Um, so everybody had to, you know, it was St. Paddy's Day, so it was only appropriate that everybody wear a dumbass St. Paddy's Day themed hat. And uh, people me, did Irish. not, you know, people did not fail to deliver. Like, we had amazing hats all over the event. Uh, David had, like, this weird, crazy Viking one. David had, like, dreads in his, or, or what was it, braids. He had big, long braids going down, big old uh, uh, horns on his. Jesse had like a big old green one that had a mullet on the back. I think it was supposed to be a beard, but he used it as a mullet, and it worked very well. Surprisingly well. It looked really good. I looked at looked in reflection. I was like, huh. Do we not have pictures? That's like that's I've got crazy. Some I know. We should have taken a group 
photo. I, I can't don't know believe why we, we didn't. didn't. Like I was kicking myself that night when I got home. I was like, are you kidding me? We didn't do any group photos with the dumb hats. Steven had one that was a cowboy hat, you know, because he's from Texas. So, of course, he would wear the cowboy hat. And it had a flashing light on it. And he used it to disorient his enemy and f- <laughs> fumble their plans because they were just so distracted by the light. It was a lot more painful than it was distracting. Uh, it it kind of hurt to look directly at yeah, it's not. It was not fun. It was clearly a uh, subterfuge device, absolutely, to perform psychological warfare on your opponents. Patrick, who is not on tonight, had the tiniest hat I've ever seen. I got so mad every time I. So, guys, uh, the rules were that if you took your hat off during a game, your enemy would get preferred enemy against your entire army. And that way, people kept their hats on, and it it only took one person taking their hat off during a game. Jared took it off. He decided to wear a wool St. Paddy's Day hat, so his head was sweating. He took it off, and then we busted him right there. Boom! Enemy's got per, you know, preferred <laughs> enemy on you, and uh, he was like, "Ah, damn it!" You know, that's what I get wearing a wool hat. But uh, Patrick had one, and I kept looking over and seeing Pat without a hat on, and I was be better. Uh, I would be about ready to bust him, and then I take a closer look, and he's got that stupid teeny tiny hat on, and I just oh, it was so irritating trying to find his hat. It was so tiny. <laughs> yeah, because it was just like clothes pinned onto his head it underneath was, the hat itself. Yeah, it was like fucking hair clipped onto him. We were like, Pat, how, how'd you get that on there? He's like, I, I mean, I don't know, man. My wife like fucking hair clipped it to my head, dude. So uh, no, props to Pat, man. He. Uh, he he won that won that uh, particular fucking event. But I'd have to say, yeah, he he that was a really good one for sure. So we had the uh, dump hats. We also did character advancement, and this event we allowed centurions in because it was fifteen hundred points, and not everybody could bring a praetor, but I still wanted people to participate in centurion or uh, not centurion in uh, character advancement. So we got a couple new characters on. Steven, you want to tell us about your character in particular? I think you've got the best story so far about your character uh so my character was a chaplain which um has been steadily being fleshed out the longer i've been playing heresy uh, many moons ago he started as betrayal of betrayal at calf chaplain and in my attempt to repaint him i absolutely destroyed his model uh so i got a new one uh remodeled him the same way replaced a weapon repainted his armor and uh said that the previous chaplain had been killed by a power fist, and that's why he's no longer with us. And this is his acolyte who has risen to take the mantle. That one's actually on um, been shared by uh, Games Workshop, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, they, they pulled it off, or, or rather they requested uh, it off of my Instagram, and I was like, yep, sure, here you go. So I think you can find that if you search the uh, painting Warhammer hashtag and you delve deep enough, you can probably find my chaplain. That's yeah, that was awesome. pretty cool. I didn't know that, Steven. Yeah. Um, but in this particular event, uh, he started off strong. Uh, he got a, he got some good sweeping advance, um, benefits. And then he kind of, uh, shall we say dropped the proverbial ball. Uh, he got into a fight with militia and he made more saves than he should have made. And eventually he did get bayoneted in the throat and died. Uh, but Fate wasn't quite done with him yet. When we rolled on his casualty table, he was captured. Uh, so all of the, like, seven militiamen left on the table captured my chaplain and gave him to the Imperial Fists. Everybody just dogpiled on him. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. after a stab in the throat, I'm pretty sure it's easy to subdue a dying man. Yeah, even a Marine. Um, so he was handed off to the Imperial Fists, and it was then my duty to reclaim him from what I believe is probably one of the hardest missions in the in the Black Books, is the, uh, out of Book 4, is the captive rescue mission, uh, which is what I had to do against an Imperial Fist gun line. I had to walk across the whole damn board, getting shot the whole damn time. Needless to say, I did not rescue my chaplain. Well, it was supposed to be an ambush setup. Yes, I walked across the board from two directions and still got shot to pieces. Ah, you tried to perform a pincer maneuver, and he ended up dividing and conquering you. Yeah, well, I put my Land Raider and my Maragall on one side and all of my infantry on the other. So he met the Land Raider with uh, two Leviathans, and he just shot the infantry to death as they marched across uh, difficult terrain trying to get through there. Now, did Matt's list have the uh, Volkite in it? He did have ten Volkite calibers, right? Volkite calibers, yep. Um, Yeah, man. Surprisingly, didn't do a whole lot of work. They only really had one good shooting round. Um, Granted, they killed eight people between them and Deflagrate in that one round, but otherwise, that was the only thing they did all game. Uh, The highlight of that game, though, I lost my chaplain, but I did gain the moral victory because I pasted Alexis Pollux in his stupid smug face. Yeah, I think that's the first time he's ever been killed in our meta. So, good job. Yeah, he he was up against the Dark Martyr with the strength and power of his, and he went for the Sundering Blow, and he missed. Yeah, that'll get you. The Dark Martyr just grabbed his head and pulled it off, and that was the end of it. So, so Stephen, I just want to go back to something. You guys played a mission out of Book 4 for one of your games yesterday. That is correct. And I think that's awesome, man. And and actually, I want to get into that a little bit more because I think we were we were mostly rolling on what well, we were totally rolling, at least for my games, on the 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 stock missions out of the Age of Darkness rulebook, right? Which is are the they're they're the six missions that have always been part of the right the standard heresy missions, the sta- standard heresy missions. But I I really want to get into more of the the narrative storyline missions, so. So, Will, I don't know. Is that um, is that is that a place you're you're thinking about going for the D forty three events? Well, that was the intent of this. Um, if anybody, I mean, I didn't uh, specify what books you had to roll out of or anything like that, um, and that's why I wanted to do narrative missions first. So, like the betrayal of Kalf one that we did, where it was word bearers versus ultramarines. They could have done a mission out of book five if they wanted to. I would have loved that, you know. Yeah. Um, and then the Solar Auxilia guys, you guys could have done a mission out of what is it, book four, right? Absolutely. So, yes. I mean, yeah, I, I, when we do those, so like, let's back up. This day was an event, right? But it was like a game day event. There was no narrative to this whole thing. This was supposed to be just separate battles happening in separate systems and all this stuff. I just wanted people to have fun and just pretty much have like a game day where we all gather for games and we do character advancement and have an RPG element to it as, as well, you know? So we're still, you know, in the narrative of D4-3 where it's still part of the Horus Heresy and that kind of stuff. Maybe in the future I'll change these to, like, I don't know, just Horus Heresy game days, you know? I don't know. Um, that way we don't have to have a narrative and you can play any missions you want. And you you make your own narrative for that battle, you know what I mean? Well, I really I really like the fact that the, the first game of the day um, of the event 
you were creating the 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 narrative, the thematic matchups, right? So you were taking word bearers and ultramarines, iron fists and iron warriors, um, you know. Yeah, imperial fist and uh, iron warriors. I made them battle it out. Uh, I had both the blood or the dark angels player uh, conduct a little civil war. Yep, (laughs) we ended up tying that game. Funny enough. Yeah, I love how you both had the exact same strategy that you're going to outflank your land raiders and command squads, and then your command squads never battled each other. Yeah, (laughs) like I was hoping for an epic night battle in the middle of the table, but both of you had the exact same idea. Yeah, that would have been cool, but uh. Didn't quite turn out that way. <laughs> yeah. But uh, to answer your question, yes, David, I would love to see more uh, missions from books. And typically in the past, when I host events like Mega Battles, they're all derived from missions already existing in previous books. Um, we did one game, Dave, where we, w- where we did... Uh, the Shadow Wars, right? What was it? We did Shadow Wars one day, yes, but we did another game day, I want to say when the meta was real small, we did a um, Cometh the Gorgon, which was uh, Cometh the Red Angel mission from, I think, book two? Uh, um, yeah. But that's where, uh, I think it's book two, but we just replaced Angron with Ferris Manus and uh, pretty much just swapped roles to where the Loyalists were surrounding the traitors, and then the traitors had to hold out long enough to fight the loyalist off. Um, but yeah, David, I love doing the books from the missions. They're a lot of fun and I totally want to see people use them more. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love, I'd love to get into some of those missions more because I, I, I really, I feel like if you don't have the black books, you don't have access to them. Number one, because they're not in any of the red books. They're only in the black books. And, uh, and number two, it just feels like way more thematic and, 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 just feels right when you do them with with the uh, you know the armies the historical armies that they were supposed to be playing so like the battle of yeah. Prospero, you know fucking the corresponding cool. legions yeah absolutely man oh yeah we did do two battle of Prosperos, actually we had custos and uh, thousand sons go against each other twice so listen up yo <laughs> peoples the next D forty three event where will host uh, um, I don't know what point level it'll be, but the sort of the, the, the tournament style play, um, you know, play the multiple games um, event. Bring your black books for your Legion. And when you call somebody out, because you, you get to call somebody out um, at least once or twice, uh, open your black book up, man, and uh, have that mission ready to go. Yeah, we start off with... And this is how it's been for a little while now that I, since I've been doing it, but I will pair up people, the first one. So I see somebody's got like a particularly strong list. I'll pair them up against somebody else who's strong. And so, or, or for me, if it's a new player, I'll pair them up with a veteran player and I'll let the veteran player kind of like reintroduce rules and give them like a, a good rundown of how the game should be played for the rest of the day kind of stuff, you know? Sure. Because uh, we do have new players. It feels like every event, there's at least one or two new players. Uh, and then the second one, the second game of the day is call-outs, where you got a grudge match or something, you can call somebody out. And then third game of the day is you have to play against somebody you've never played against before. So and it's, it's harder and harder to do. Right, right. And it, it is getting to that point where it's harder and harder, and you're just like, you have to like think, have I ever played a game with this guy? Or if I haven't, how many years has it been since I played a game? Because, you know, right. <laughs> some people may only get out once a month. Now, I, think that I, I think the last time I played against Will, like in an actual game, was... Shoot, I don't think I played against Will all 2017. 
Uh, no, we did in the beginning of 2017 with my black shields. Remember, I had the um. Uh, yeah, when we when we did the breachers were in the sto- in the uh, yeah the breachers were in the dreadclaw, or not the dreadclaw, the uh, Serastus assault ram, and I disembarked yeah. and destroyed your uh, vindicator squadron. I'm glad you remember that. Oh, I do. That was the best that transport has ever done, and uh, I got rid of it after that. And where is it now? Well, some say it's still languishing in a Dark Angel's armory somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> Ready for it's that hanging out with the Dark time. Angels, yeah. Ready for that perfect time to appear. We'll definitely do some Void warf- Warfare-themed, like the uh, Spaceport oh, mission. That actually wouldn't be a bad for idea. The, the Spaceport idea, uh, or section of uh, our next era on a forge, we definitely need to get every error asset we have in the game, for sure. That would be awesome. Stupid question. Does anybody know this off the top of their head? I don't want to assume, but is the Serastus assault ram an assault vehicle? It is, yes. Okay, cool. Good to uh, know. But again, like we, I think we went over that new bait, how if you uh, tank shock with it, you can't then get out and assault what you just tank shock to fin- it off, finish it off. Right. Even though in the books, that's exactly how it works. Yeah, because it's ramming into a, like the side of a building or something. Right? Yeah, the side of um, like, a like battle barges and stuff like that. You know, yeah, yeah. They like melt a lance their way through yeah. the ship, and then the metal cools around them, and that creates a seal. Right. So, and then they get off and disgorge their troops. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, but God forbid you charge a rhino with it, and uh, that's it. <laughs> I hope you killed the rhino with it. You, otherwise, that's it. <laughs> Forge World, if you're listening, just another uh, sticky note to put in your uh, put in your red book. No worries, we love you. Yeah. Um, but what what else do we have? The whole event, man, was just great from start to finish. Uh, that's another reason that this time I had people pre-register. Like you had to pre-register if you wanted to go to this event. I was not going to allow any same day show ups. The reason being because I wanted to see what we could pair off with each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. very well organized. Which what? thank you, Will. You did a great job with yeah, the organization and taking care of body, taking care of everybody's uh, role play statistics and upgrades on their characters. Yeah. Thanks again. Now I just have to uh, put that all for. I have to try to read people's handwriting and try to put all of that in uh, digital format now. Yep. I actually hey, still have Brian my sheet. So. We know Brian's a whiz kid with a Excel. <laughs> oh no, I already have the sheet done. I mean, he he he's a whiz kid with Excel. I don't know if he can read people's chicken scratches better than I can, though. I mean, he, he gets a lot of stuff in the army. He's probably it's probably his Marines. Oh man, if he heard you say army, he would blow a gasket, Stephen. O'Brien. But uh, yeah, Jesse, I'm gonna need yours back. You can't hold on to your character like that. Yeah. You try to keep him safe from I me. Know. <laughs> like Stevens is still captured. Oh, I got like, I got so the first Steven. game Stephen does in our next event. He's gonna have to do a rescue mission, Damn it. or he could just completely abandon the guy and be like, "Whatever, cut, cut our losses. This guy's not worth it." Oh, but then I have to build a whole new chaplain model, and I really like that one. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Even play your sergeant, play him on the D forty three progression table, and make your sergeant go rescue your fucking chaplain. Oh man, if he does, he gets immediately promoted to praetor for sure. <laughs> Promotion. Oh, well, you know what? I might. You know, now that you mention it, I might just leave my chaplain to die because uh, I'm looking over at my uh, shelf of hoarding right now. I do have a chaplain dreadnought that yeah. needs to stretch its legs. Yeah, absolutely. So, guys, we love narrative here, and we also love like the RPG elements of our characters. 
I think everybody like names their characters and really gets into being their praetors and centurions and that kind of stuff, you know? Um, so here in Richmond, we've started use, we've been using the character progression system for the last two D4-3 events, and we'll continue to do so. But we've added in something called the Road to Centurion, which is a miniature character advancement table where we uh, take a sergeant. Only one sergeant in your army can do this at a time. Um, and you can progress him. So after you get, what what did we say, Stephen? Four advancements or six? Three. Three? Yeah, because I mean, if he dies, that's that's a big sergeant, deal. If you if you're a sergeant, you live through yeah, you live through three games with a sergeant without him getting killed. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, if you're able to progress your sergeant three times, and you get one progression per game, um, then you can make him a centurion. So you'll use that same sergeant model you had, make him a centurion, and then you know you can buy a. Uh, Console. Uh, do we want to do a console roll for him? Like, have him earn a console roll, depending, well, the way I, or is he going to have to? Well, um, I, well, when I wrote it originally, I um, I have it. Once he becomes centurion level, once he uh, achieves his greatness, he can replace any centurion level character in your army for the relevant point cost. Um, essentially, you just migrate all of his um, what's the word I'm going to benefits onto an existing centurion. Uh, and then you, of course, need to model him to make sure that he looks the same, that you can tell it's that sergeant who got upgraded. Right. But here's my thing, right? We're talking a tactical sergeant who lives through three games. Tactical veteran, anyway. Uh, how is a tactical sergeant... I mean, he's a sergeant, but he's a tactical marine still, Our right? Officer armor. That's how he survives? No, no, Hopefully. I get that. I get that. <laughs> how does he learn to be a master of signals just overnight? Do you see my point? Well, um, the way how did he learn to all of a sudden? He picked up the radio and he fucking called down the orbital bombardment, man. Okay, I mean, uh, master signals kind of an easy one. Then, what about an apothecary? uh, The main reason that I didn't go with uh, now he's just a vanilla centurion. Now he has to go through his um, his training, you know, or, or whatever he has to do to become a master signal, a chaplain, a forge lord, what have you. Uh, was twofold. One. Uh, was so that players weren't forced to take a vanilla centurion. Who, I mean, he's got a couple of upgrades, but at the end of the day... No, no, but what I'm saying is we need centurion. to force people, or not force people, but persuade people to use particular types of sergeants. You see what well, I'm saying? So if you want your dude to be a vigilator, he's gonna need to, you're going to need to start him out as a recon sergeant. The, and he um, can, if you want your dude to do a more attack, he's going to need to start out as a destroyer sergeant. Well, so the... Um, I lost my it's almost like a character class progression. Exactly. Thank you, David. Yeah, and if you want him yeah. to be a barebone centurion, then that's just a regular old tech marine. You take Since a regular tech marine, and you can make him a you know beef stick centurion, dude. Since we're doing well, some speculation, I'm sorry. To, go ahead, Stephen. Um, I I didn't I did uh, I didn't specify that a sergeant or that the sergeant in question has to be. A, um, a tactical sergeant, a veteran sergeant, whatever. It's any sergeant. No, and that's what I know. And that's what I know. But we need to put that rule in. We need to put that rule in that says that if you want to pick a console role, you have to take a, the, the base version of it first. That's the only uh, addition that I see, because we've already got like a draft up of these rules. But right. I definitely want to see... Well, the secondary amend- reason for it was um, because these battles don't necessarily take place you know, within say, two weeks of each other, it could be thematically however long, five months, a year, 
two years, whatever. In that amount of time, you know, a chaplain or a, a vanilla centurion could be taught whatever he needs to know. He might not be the best master of signal, but he's a master of signal. I don't think so, man. I think they pull from their origins. And well, again, There's that's going to be legion specific, right? Because destroyers. Idea. Go ahead, Jesse. Another idea could be: Were we planning to do random tables as far as upgrades? It is. It is four random tables for the road to Centurion. An idea is each like selection may have like a value when it comes to a console, kind of like oh, in dude, some way like a skill great, tree, right? Like a skill yeah. tree in a way where when you have a after you meet a certain skills or take certain abilities, Dude, that's awesome. once you get to Centurion, whatever so abilities like you have you, towards a certain console like you is what you get. On a, yes, okay, if so... If you upgrade on, like, morale three times, then guess what, buddy? You're a chaplain. Yeah, and it doesn't exactly. have to be three times. Or if you upgrade like, on command, you'll be... Yeah, you, exactly, like, every bit you invest into... All right, that's what we're doing from now on. That's it, that's good. <laughs> like, so all on right. the random tables, just so I can get my stuff clear in my head for like each ability think of it like almost like a point value like um this ability will be worth like three apothecary skill points in a way or something like that so at the end after you make your three um increases whatever console level is highest that's what you become yeah no i got you i got as soon as you said it i knew exactly what you were talking about that's good yeah that's just my two uh, cents no, your two cents is what's going to happen because it makes <laughs> the helping. most sense out of every option we've heard so far. <laughs> nice. Hey, Will. The other, you know, the other thing I wanted to uh, to talk about, man, which is it's kind of the uh, the eight hundred gorilla, eight hundred pound gorilla in the room, man. Is is we we filled up battlegrounds. I mean, like you filled up battlegrounds. We had eighteen people, nine tables, and that was that was that was all the tables battlegrounds had to offer. Yep. It was, yeah. Not to mention, so that's 18, the people, cutoff now. 18 people with fully painted armies. Fully painted. And Vince, who uh, was a first-time um, first player for D43, first-time player to, to Richmond 30K, came down from Fredericksburg uh, with a beautifully painted Word Bearers army um, and, and basically told us, hey, man, uh, I came down here because you guys were doing fully painted events, and I... I wanted to be part of that community um, where people were putting fully painted armies on the table and playing the game, you know, like it's supposed to be played, you know, narratively, you know, with the lore. Uh, so I think that just that I mean, that says volumes, man, that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That we, we continue D43 Richmond 30K continues to get people from, you know, from out of out of uh, the immediate area to come down and. Hang out with us, play with us, man. Have good times. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Will, what are we gonna do, man? Is eighteen the cutoff? Or are we gonna start? Uh, I think so. Uh, unless people want to start paying, we want to keep it free. We're gonna have to keep doing eighteen as the cutoff, and we'll see if we continue to max out. Um, it was a good time of year though, too, right? Like, there's no holidays or anything going on. So people are wanting time away. Um, I guess St. Patty's Day, but that's not like a big federal holiday. You know what I mean? Like you get those federal holidays and people want to like leave the town or whatever. But if you get like just a a weekend and there's no real big federal holidays around there, people want to get out and do stuff, you know? Was this our biggest event in Battlegrounds? It was, yes. Fantastic. We've never had 18 people um, at once. You know, we've gotten close, like, I'm just thinking, man, 18 people, if we do mega battles with 18 people, they're going to turn into apocalypse games. 
Yeah. Pretty much. We might yeah, have to. I think it might leave to two mega battle games. Yeah, I think what we'll, we'll continue to do is the way we're doing Ariana Forge. Leave Ariana Forge for like mega battles and APOC games. That way, people know just by the name. They're like, "Oh yeah, time to bust out the big toys," you know. Yeah. And then people can see the D four three and be like, "Oh man, time to get those characters ready." And, cool. and honestly, Will, I'm, I'm I like the mega battles, but I prefer being able to play multiple people because it feels like I get a chance to test out my lists and I get to do tactics, right? Like, yeah. if you can build a 1,500-point list, an all-commerce 1,500-point list, that like that's the core of your army going forward. You can put another 500,000 points on that, but if your 1,500-point list does well um, against multiple players in a pretty... I, it's not a competitive community, but nobody there brought a list that was, like, lukewarm. Like everybody, there were no played. soft lists for sure. <laughs> there, were no, there were no soft lists. Every, right, every but here's list the thing: it's relative, right? If there's yeah. no soft list, then there's no hard list either. I sure. guess, I guess, right? If no list is soft, then yeah. Like I said, every uh, every game I played, I was like, oh boy, this is going to be interesting. Like there was, I was yeah. never sure that I was going to like. Yeah, I got this. I think Ryan Briggs. Uh, pointed it out the best, where it's all relative, right? So, like, what might be whack to you is not whack to somebody else, whereas your list may be whack to somebody else. You know what I mean? Sure. Somebody who just comes out on the weekends, they may look at your list and be like, God dang, there's no way I'm going to win this list. And you're looking at your list, and you're like, I, I, I brought, you know, 30 infantry and a lightning and an Arlatax and an Arcus. Uh, I don't think I can, you know, win every game. But then that guy just brought, you know, 60 tactical marines and uh you accidentally table him you know yeah well that's and you're not trying the combatant list the combatant force organization too is that y- y- you can only bring one heavy and, yeah uh, yeah so uh, you know that's a nice list build because it, it does limit the amount of sort of 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 heavies you can throw into the mix and and super heavies and everything else um but uh but yeah no i um I really liked it, and I really liked the ability to play different people one-on-one, which in a mega battle, it, you're, you're kind of all hanging out, you're having a good time, like it's, you're drinking beers, it's shenanigans, you're going after objectives, loyals versus traders, but you don't get that, you don't get that one-on-one ability to test your list, and I, I just, I really like that, and I hope, I hope we get to see more of that in the, uh, the Richmond 30K D43 scene. I think the past two events um, we've done that. People have been really receptive toward, towards it. So I'm probably going to keep pursuing that. And I think we can leave Mega Battles to um, Ariana Forge. I think that'll be a, a good little mix. Um, I don't know. We can talk more about that in the future. But I love your idea, right, uh, or the reasoning behind it. Because if you're doing a Mega Battle, you're going to write your list completely different. You know? For sure. You're not going to get to test your, like David said, your core 1,500-point list, which is really what your army should be based around is your core 15. Um, but if you're doing a mega battle, you know, you're talking to your buddies, and they're like, hey, can you bring uh, uh, Strike Captain Mon so I can do my Hammer Strike or uh, Hammerfall Strike Force and have all my uh, uh, Imperial Fist Terminators Deep Strike without scatter for, you know, 18 inches? And, you know, you're like, sure, yeah, whatever. Uh, and you're building lists to help the entire team not to take on all comers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Your role that mega battle may be anti-tank, so you invest a bunch into your heavy support with LAS cannons and laser destroyers and, you know, all that stuff. Meanwhile, your buddy may be taking a whole bunch of infantry to score objectives and whatnot. 
You know yeah, what I would I'm like sure. to try one day in a mega battle is um, everybody uses the same four sword chart. Like the trader side, they're all drawing from one four sword. So only one guy brings, you know, HQs. Some other dudes working with heavy support. I think that'd be an interesting uh, outing. Yeah, we'll try that one weekend for sure. I think that'd be cool. And uh, trying to do a combined Shattered Legions idea. Yeah. That's not a bad idea, Steve. I think it'd be fun, right? Yeah, We've always I, had I crazy can't. ideas. Oh, also, sorry, David, about yeah. the 1,500-point list. The next time we do an event, I'm going to do a sidebar. Are you familiar with the term? I am. Okay. So you see all, like a lot of lists. We had a like a vast pe- – some people brought Centurion-style lists, and some people brought uh, – equivalent to like the 2014 style list where you'd have like a big tank and then a bunch of infantry and some, you know, supporting units and that kind of stuff. And um, I would like to see sort of like a sidebar list where if you're going up against somebody who's like got a lot of armor, you're able to swap out a list that has more anti-armor support. So you're not technically list tailoring, but you're, you have another optional list in case you end up finding yourself against something your first list isn't capable of dealing with. I have, I have definitely propositioned that a couple times. And I know we've tried it before where we said you could change your list between games, but that took a while. That was like yeah. people were taking like 30 minutes to rewrite lists and that kind of stuff. Um, so just this time, force people to submit two lists instead, you know? Would you keep the list in the same army that the first list is drawn from? So like your sidebar list would be... So if you were playing... Um, Imperial Fist, right? So you have a 1,500-point Imperial Fist list. Then your sidebar list was 1,500 points Imperial Fist, but it was tailored to to deal with a different threat or, or, or a different a different adversary. Yes, that's exactly how it would be, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's awesome. Well, I, I totally love it, man. It's, it's a lot like what Nova does for the Bromance event. So you're kind of... You're bringing a secret unicorn list, and that yep. secret unicorn <laughs> list sort of lets you address threats outside the normal fold. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, fucking, I love it, dude. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Um, I asked because we are getting ready to do an event next month. I don't have a date yet, um, but we will be doing an April month event, and we'll be probably be doing Centurion. Uh, but if I can, it'll be Centurion, two thousand points, with a sidebar of a regular list. So if you want, you can do a Centurion, because there were some people who were like, I thought this was going to be 1,500 points Centurion. Yeah. And, you know, I brought anti-armor to deal with dreadnoughts, not, you know, a, a land raider or anything like that. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. He re- well, Mike, he came in I with think, won because he had so many guys. He was, it actually balanced out really, really well. It was two to zero. I ended up winning. But yeah, he he brought a list because he was under the assumption it was a Centurion game, and I brought my Dark Angels with three Land Raiders, uh, Praetor with Command Squadron, and a five-man Cataphracty Terminator Squadron. So 14 models, and I was worried the entire day. I was like, man, I'm going to run up against something. But no, it actually performed very well. Was this I will Mike say- brought the, um, the the 60 model Thousand Sun army? Yeah, yeah he was running the right of war where he had to max out the squads. So yeah. he was it was just a sea of red power armor, and it looked so bad at His deployment zone looked like um, just the covers of the Black Library novels. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Awesome. And I will say to uh, Mike and Manny out there, I do apologize 
because I made a mistake. I dressed up my command squadron as awesome Calibanite knights and warriors, and in that fluffiness, I completely completely forgot that command squadrons cannot take Calibanite warblades, just regular power swords. So... That plus one strength in those combats, I apologize. I owe both of you tall beers. Fucking cheater, Jesse. God, you, <laughs> you. How dare you forget your rules? You shall be banished henceforth. Ah, my apothecary um, had a Calibanite Warblade, but the other guys, just regular power blades. Yeah. I'm still disappointed that you and Wake didn't have your two badass command squads, because I think your command squads are both decked out the exact same way. And you know, he had his, uh, he had a chaplain with a praetor and a command squad and an apothecary and a land raider. And I think you had just about the same thing. And I would have loved to see you guys just go brawl out like knights should have done. Instead, Very disappointing. We have you outflanked into each other's, uh, yep. instead, both zone. of you played the objective instead, you know? Yep. Yelling, Oi, what are you doing over there? And taking pot shots at each other with her. Yeah, team. just your land raiders are going back and forth, like, <laughs> lassing each other down. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jared just hopped on. What's going on, Jared? Um, Jared brought uh, an Imperial Fist army running Fafnir Ron. How did he work this game? Ron did great. Um, That first game was against um, with uh, his Iron Warriors. I think it was like his first or second 30K game. Absolute blast. He brought a couple Iron Circles, some Siege Tyrants, some Iron Havocs, you know, the kind of Cream of the crop for Iron Warriors. Um, Stone Gauntlet, we just went... Yeah, because he ran uh, Hammer of Olympia, and you ran Stone Gauntlet, and the two oh, yes. just were perfect against each other, you know? So he was had Hammer of Olympia, which allowed him to take a heavy, an extra heavy support squad slot. So he had um, their special heavy support squad, and then he had their uh, Terminators with the launchers on top. Yeah, at, uh, Iron Havocs with missile launchers. So basically, a ton of crack missiles were just coming at me which was kind of scary um but uh my five saved you but huh yeah that and the uh the lightning and uh the melted guns on the breachers i was able to shoot one of the iron circles and just kill it before i charged and then the other guy was down like one or two wounds um fafnir ron i mean he's strength five but he's got shred and rad grenades so he was against toughness six with the uh, iron circle he just got some decent rolls and killed the iron circle before he could swing back and then t- did some damage to the, uh, and then the Praetor just got crushed with just basic, you know, breachers armor saves. Yeah. Cause he had a war, he had a warsmith that just, I, I looked over man and all those breachers were just beating him to death with shields. That's all. <laughs> it looked bad. It was a good time. He had one tactical legionary left and he was holding one objective, which I was holding zero objectives. So I, <laughs> Just a second. <laughs> and Henry. That's here actually Henry. How's it going? <laughs> Little so, but I imagine when Jared. I imagine when Jared conducted combat as he did and found out that he gave up an objective to one single tactical squad that had one guy in it. He might have had the same reaction as Henry just now. <laughs> I really thought somebody was just making that baby cry noise. <laughs> And it clicked. I was like, oh, it's Henry. So that was my son. Um, second there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I, we just about tabled him, but 
you know, that's typical Fafnir Rod, screw the objectives, just kill guys. Absolutely, 100% in theme. And that was the first game I matched up where I said I wanted Imperial Fist versus um, Iron Warriors, and that was a pretty cool little battle. Yeah, I'm um, glad that happened. So, if you guys don't know, D43, along with our um, character advancement, we also do Black Library uh, character creation. So if there's a character that doesn't have a you know a profile in any of the Black books yet, but they're in the Black Library books, you know, we allow players to create those characters, and then we test them out and give them point values and that, and we try and kind of tune them as best we can. And uh, so you chose, rather than doing character advancement, to use Fafnir Run, which you created, and... Uh, he was pretty cool. Did at any point you were like, oh, this guy's pretty unstoppable. I should probably tone him down or boost his points up or anything like that? Well, so he did amazing the first game. And then the second game, I played... Uh, <laughs> oh, Good story, Henry. I think his... Uh, the other list... So Jared was a cool dude, and he actually loaned out an army to one of our guys who came back... Um, from uh, TDY, or is it, was he on TDY? He's on leave or whatever after coming back from deployment. So Jared loaned uh, Matt another Imperial Fist list, which I think was, uh, gosh, what's the veteran one? Pride of the Legion? Um, it actually wasn't Pride of the Legion. I didn't give him a, a right of war. It was just a, a odd with uh, Flamers and Combi Meltas, um, Tax Squad, two Leviathans, and Pollux. So you could deep strike the vets. You can deep strike any infantry unit, but obviously the vets you kind of wanted to go with. I, I I can't speak for Matt, but he seemed to like it. He won two or three games, so I mean, yeah. And yeah. He, I mean, just the fact. I mean, that's the kind of community we have where if somebody's coming back or somebody wants to play, but they don't have an army, we got you covered. Plenty of people have huge armies that they can loan you out something. You know what I mean? Okay. But uh, back to Fafnir Ron. First game he did amazing. Uh, second game. I played uh, Vincent's Word Bearers. Um, really fun guy to play with. Um, I think it was like his, again, he's brand new to, to uh, the community, but uh, mostly intact Breacher Squad with Fafnir Ron charged a unit of Gal Vorbeck. <laughs> yeah, that that's, uh, yeah, Vincent, man. That, he was a solid dude to play against, and uh yeah, absolutely hope he comes back down for future events. I think he will. I think he's only he's only like a couple hours outside of Richmond, so I think he'll uh I think we'll see him again. But uh yeah, it was fucking awesome to see uh to see Matt finally, man, back in uh back in the States. Yep, good old Matt. It's like he never left in some ways. I know, dude. Like that's the kind of people we are where it just we picked up exactly where we left off. All the same banter and everything like that. Uh all the same jokes and all that shit just right back exactly where we were. I loved it. I love seeing that guy again. It it would have been nice if he uh didn't come back and just immediately stomp me like he did like he did. <laughs> oh <anyway>. yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, I've been out of the game for like 15 months. Uh, how's this work again? Oh, I just accidentally won? What does that mean? Did, did I break the game? What happened? Yeah, Matt, Matt is a good player, man. Like, no doubt. No joke. Matt knows what the fuck's going on. And he really can pick up any army, like, as proven this weekend. He was able to pick up an Imperial Fist army, and he plays Raven Guard. Um, he didn't write the list at all, but he knew exactly what he had to do, and he made it happen. But uh, what else, guys? I mean, it was a, it was a pack full. This whole day was just packed full. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, how did your games go, Will? Oh, um, fine. <laughs> Good talk. 
uh, you know, some mistakes were made, but uh, overall it was good. Uh, so, you know, we talked about how the Arcus was new bait, and uh, I always said if it had Casimir North in there, it's completely OP and 1,500 points, and that was proven this weekend where Cashman uh, North inside the Arcus fired at a Malkador Venator. Is that what they're called, David? Oh, you're playing Robbie. Yep. Yeah. I was yeah. playing against Robbie's Solar Auxilia versus my uh, Valdor Iron Hands. You, the you, Valdor Tank Hunter. Okay. You blew up a Valdor Tank Hunter. Turn one with my first volley. I blew up a Valdor Tank Hunter. Talk me through that, man. Uh, well, eight shots, all hit. Uh, I initially got one glance and two pins. So I was like, oh, okay. Tank Hunter. Got the rest, and I ended up getting four pins and two glances on it. Mm. The pins go through, and I get two explode results. And he's out in the open with no cover. Wow. And that's unlike Robbie to play Solar Auxilia without doing the whole Warlord trait first turn shrouded. So you caught him with his. Oh, no, he already had knife fighting. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. There was a, what was it, 5 plus, I think, is knife fighting, right? Yeah, uh, 6 yeah. plus is knife fighting. 6 he plus, yeah. It, would have dropped it to 4 plus, but he didn't pick that right, uh, Warlord trade. So, yeah. Um, yeah, because the way D4-3 works is whatever you have to begin with on that character is what you keep him through if you're doing character progression. It's mm-hmm. the same guy. He keeps that same Warlord right. trait. Right. Is That's it for right. the event or for the uh, his entire life? For his entire life. Oh, I don't yeah. know what my warlord trait was. My first uh, uh, um, but uh, yeah, so he he was he played well. Uh, deployment was I deployed first. He stole the initiative from me, and he had his Valdor tank hunter behind line of sight blocking cover. He pulled it out, mm. moved its twelve inches, and then fired. Mm. And uh, I was um, you know hold down behind some. Uh, rubble and that kind of stuff so i got a uh with night fighting what is that a three plus if it was hard if yeah if it was if it was ruined yeah we got into three plus yeah yeah so i made my saves with a three plus on that thing and then i uh likewise shot back and destroyed it and then after that uh my arlotex moved up on the left side of the table my left um and did like a bold flanking maneuver to his lehman rust battle squadron that was shelling my tactical marines that were sitting on an objective. Um, and then the Arlotax was able to get into combat with him, and he took out two of them. And the third one, I can't remember how that one died. I think the Arcus got that one, too. I don't know. I think he, he turned side armor or something like that. But uh, anyways, all the all the Lehman Russes were killed by the Arlotax, and the Arlotax was charged by his um, Legate commander, and it's like a commander caused instant death and uh, killed the Arlotax. How did you get the Arlotax in range of, of charging the Lehman Russes? Was he just being super aggressive with them? Uh, no, he was gunlining everything. But yeah. um, we had set up the, – the map was uh, an old fortress that had been just completely in ruins. So there were walls, very tall fortress walls, very tall uh, fortress um, – what are the towers called? So there was a, there was a lot of line of sight blocking terrain, and I was just able to skirt around these mm. uh, you know old fortress walls and everything like that. And because it had jump packs, I was able to jump up and then jump down on them. Mm. Well played, sir. Well played. Yeah, and then the lightning came on. Yeah, and uh, destroyed his Dracosun that uh, was carrying his rifle section. They'd already disembarked, but it was another last cannon I had to worry about. So I. Uh, 
had to take it down so my Arcus could move unmolested. And, um, yeah, then I forgot to move the lightning the next turn, and it crashed and burned. So what warheads were you firing with the Arcus? Just the standard? Yeah, standard missiles. Did you, wow, did you buy anything else for it, or were you just... Uh, dozer blades and a hunter-killer missile, which paid off in both games. Both games, it took a pin result of weapon destroyed, and I rolled on a hunter-killer missile. <laughs> So I was like, man, best five points ever. Yeah. Uh, then my second game was against uh, Traitorous Alpha Legion, who had disguised themselves as Ultramarines. And uh, that was good because we were doing, um, I can't remember what it was, but it's the one where you hold a victory point, And if you hold it at the War end of, of your turn, you get one point. No, Robbie and I's was War of Lies. And because of that, we actually ended up tying the game. Oh, so, really? After all yeah, that? War of Lies, uh, we both had three secondary objectives, and he rolled and got a plus one for the objective he had, and I rolled and I got plus one for the objective I had, and then I rolled... Or, no, no, how'd it go? Um, I ended up getting one of them was D3, and it subtracted two. So we ended up getting four and four each. I can't remember exactly how the, the point system worked. But, uh, yeah, it was unfortunate because I, I felt like I was going to come out on top, but I did not. The second game, however, I did win off of secondary objectives uh, just from attrition. I was able to kill more than his. And then I killed his warlord, which I got D3 victory points for that. But uh, what did he have? He had a Terminator squad, Jim. This is the Ultramarine game. Uh, Jim had a Terminator squad come at me. Uh, what was it? A 15-man tactical squad. They were holding an objective. They just walked right up. And I did a Fury of the Legion to them, and I killed two Terminators. And... Uh, then they charged and just decimated the whole squad in one go because Jim has invested in this character. This has been his one character he's been going with since he started doing progression system. So his guys have like plus one initiative, plus one more initiative on that when they charge during a phase. He's got like seven attacks now and they all cause instant death. So in one fell swoop, his Praetor decapitated seven guys with a single swing of his Tribune Blade. And it was just brutal after that. Then the Power Fist mopped up the rest of them. So, so Will, so before you got on, um, Ryan, I think, Ryan, Steven, and I were actually talking about this. And, like, we, we all love the D4-3 character progression. Like, we love that it brings that narrative, you know, um, you know, aspect to the, to the events. But when you're bringing in new people and you're trying to balance a low point event, like 1500 points, bringing in some of these, like, almost Primark level, um, you know, special characters into the, uh, into the equation can could and I'm not saying they they did but they could like like turn somebody off right if you're brand new and you you've got a 1500 point list and you go up against somebody who's got a a character who they've been building for you know for years right um and and they just just wreck face um you're like WTF right where the fuck did that guy come from and uh so Ryan and I and Steven were talking like Maybe we put a cap on on the amount of rolls they can make on the character progression table. So, like, maybe if you're a Praetor, you max out at six rolls. And, like, you know, maybe if you're a Centurion, you max out on three rolls. And that, and, and that maybe, and that maybe that would bring a little bit of balance to um, these events. I don't know how you feel about that. I want to say that's already a rule. 
that there already is a cap. Like, there's already a cap on um, your stat line upgrade, right? That's yep. There already is a cap, and I want to say there is a cap on how many abilities you can get. Um, I think it's six, and some people are already maxed at six. So the rest they can spend their advancement on is their character profile, and once they max out their character profile, um, then they can't use the advancement anymore. Like, that's as good as their character's ever going to be. Like, Robbie's character, he's got all six command traits, which means he's, like, a super badass commander, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah, I think people were. I think what Ryan was saying is that at that point you would just be done rolling for that character. Like you wouldn't roll. Mm. You wouldn't roll on any other table. Like no, I I know that, and I get what you're saying. Um, which again, I have to look through it, but I think that's what it is. But here's the thing: like, not many of these characters survive long. Um, I think we had four die this weekend out of the 18 and not everybody was doing the character advancement. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, all it takes is a five. It's lethal plus the whole game is lethal. Like to die. Wow. So like you couldn't like, um, Jim's, I killed Jim's, unless Austin uh, gets a hold of Tribune with his wolf. Yeah. Unless Austin gets a hold of you, then he just captures you. But there's like, I mean, David, there's, uh, there's a chart that has like where you kill by instant death. Yes. Then you add plus one to the dice roll. So then you only need a four plus and your dude's dead or were you killed in a challenge? Yes. That's another plus one. And, and so on a three plus your dude is dead. So your guy can die very easily if he, you know, uh, messes around, I guess. And, or you make those bad die rolls. No, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I don't think, uh, like I think, you know, Ryan was, was playing for the first time in the D 43 progression system so i'm not sure he, he understood all those nuances um i don't think i understood all those nuances but uh yeah no i i, I fucking i love it man um i think that's awesome and it, it it definitely gives people um i think the narrative arc and incentive to come back and uh continue to play your guy man yeah. exactly yeah and that's also, what i wanted is i wanted people to still do yeah. like play that same character that they took time to convert up and paint up and everything like that you know make him have a story and then when he dies you know you can put that model on a shelf and just be like man that guy was such a badass <laughs> and also david as far as uh stat increases and whatnot you could also end up wasting rolls like i did twice <laughs> what happened was i had three rolls for the uh character advancement uh, first roll, I got a special roll. The second one, I had to try to uh, push my luck and try to get an ability stat increase. And I was already maxed out. I got an extra attack, and the max is four, and I already had four. So I was like, okay, I wasted that roll. Then the next time, I was like, okay, I'm going to randomly select the table with a die, got the ability again, and got attacks again. So out of the three dice rolls I got to advance my character, only one of them actually advanced my character. No, that's right. So <laughs> so if you're if you're rolling to advance on a characteristic table that you already have and you just have like so if people don't have the character progression table out in front of them, just check out book four um character progression. Um, because that's what we're using, the Horace Heresy Black Books book four character progression but yeah so if you if you invest a role on a characteristic table so weapon skill ballistic skill right initiative attack um and you you're already maxed on that then you just lose that role you don't just get to keep re-rolling until you and it's the same way on a table like if you want to roll command and you roll on a command trait you already have that's it yeah yeah, no, that 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 does kind of balance it out, man. And uh, no, I think that's good. That's awesome, actually. 
But keep in mind, I was also being like giving people a shit ton of roles too. I was allowing people, you know, what was it? If they played the game, they got one win or loss, lose. If you won, you got another one. And if you wrote a narrative to go with your game, you and your partner, like, and if it was a good one, you each got another plus one. So you know, and three chances to roll, and you waste two. It happens. And if you felt bad about winning that game, your opponent also got a few extra rolls too. Yeah, yeah, that was the other thing because some people were like. Oh man, I just that was a bad matchup. Like we thought it was going to go different, but his dice just betrayed him the whole time. So then if you if you ended up feeling bad, your opponent got another one too. But yeah, we had like four character like Austin's character, he rolled like a natural 6 and his dude was super dead. <laughs> <laughs> but the great thing is with um Austin's guy, he didn't even name him, name him. He just called him Colonel. Like that was it cuz he's like he's immortal. He's he's supposed to die. It's all right. Yeah. And I and I uber killed Mike's character. Not with a Calvinite Warblade, with my Praetor, not with the boosted up command squad. I challenged his Praetor in a duel, or challenge rather, and killed him with my tyrannic great sword, which was instant death. <laughs> so he had some uh pretty big negatives to trying to keep his Praetor alive. Yeah, and I think he did fail. Yeah, oh. he he did. He did. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. But, um, again, I think that's kind of like the uh, the risk-reward of it. Like, you can get these awesome benefits, but if your dude dies, it's done. You know, all that, all those rolls and all that effort putting towards him is gone. But you're right, for newer players, um, so I've thought about doing a thing where allowing newer players to get a couple extra rolls at the start so they start out with something extra, you know? They have a concept of like, oh, okay, so th- this is what I'll get if I keep them alive, that kind of stuff. That's not a bad idea, actually. Like one or two rolls, and then uh, yeah, just one to get the to wet the appetite. Yeah, and I do want to keep the thing where um you can max out your stats, and then probably only six other abilities from the four other charts. Sounds but uh, cool. yeah, like like you guys heard earlier, Steven's guy is still in prison, and if he wants him back, he's gonna have to go do another rescue mission on him. Damn it! Although but the good thing is, just uh, it's just revenge for because one yeah. time I captured Matt's Praetor. And sacrificed him to a greater demon. So. Oh, that's right. You did, didn't you? Yeah, it's finally yeah. coming full circle. Yeah. He used him to summon a, a great unclean one, which then proceeded to butcher the rest of his army. So that was fun. But yeah, definitely good. And I I, I just love the character progression. So what, what is the other one we're doing, Stephen? We talked about Road to Centurion, right? Uh, the other one is... Uh, even in Death. Even in Death. So uh, as I was telling... Uh, Ryan and Dave a little bit about this earlier before we started recording. Um, if, you know, something terrible happens and this character that you're quite attached to at this point because you spent a lot of time on him uh, is super dead, you know, maybe he catches a power fist to the face or tries to suck start a volcano cannon, uh, you can roll. God damn it, I've never heard that before. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> If he catches a power fist to the face, or if he tries to suck start a volcano cannon. <laughs> is that like, uh, <laughs> what is that, uh, fuck, what do they call it when you try to, like, uh, siphon somebody? Siphon gas or something like yeah, that? Uh, suck start a volcano cannon. Where the fuck? Hey, let, me, let me start this up, guys. Hold up. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what, so what happens then? What happens, Steven? So, um... Uh, I have yet to draft it out yet, but there's going to be another set of tables that you can uh, roll on 
uh, or maybe just, you know, like a D3 or whatever the point being, depending on the level of the character, Praetor, Sergeant, uh, Centurion, etc., etc., uh, and sadly, this only applies to legionary players, but you can inter that sucker in a dreadnought. Yeah, so he won't have all his command abilities, uh, and uh, he won't have... It'll be like a whole new table. You'll lose everything. That guy will die, but it'll be like another mini table you'll be able to roll on. And I'd like to do um, chassis, is what you'll roll on first, to find out if he's uh, going and do yeah. a box dread, a contemptor, so. a cortis, or a leviathan. Uh, or a Derrideo. Or Daredeo, right, exactly. So we'll find out what chassis he goes into first, and then from there you'll be able to get benefits onto him. Um, so I think it'll be a little bit cool. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna try and do a little something, something where you can um, use that character still in an HQ slot. I think would be really cool um, because I've always been enamored by the ideas of dreadnoughts leading armies. Yeah, especially like in the case of Cassian Dracos, who just rolls around with the Disciples of the Flame, and he's a dreadnought, but he's definitely the boss. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and well, uh, first off, the chart is going to be to see even if his body is recoverable to be interred. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's pivotal to see if there's even enough biomass left to throw into yeah. something. Being yeah, killed doesn't guarantee that you'll be in a cool, sweet new metal body at the end of the day. It's true. Um, if Pardorobo punches you in the face, chances are you might get put in a, in a Dreadnought. But if a Bane Blade reduces you to your component atoms, eh, not so much. I still think if Pardorobo punches you in the face... I mean, the only guy he did that to, that he punched in the face and brought back, was one of his... Um, his triad. triad. His triad. Oh, Anybody else he's punched in the face, he's like, fuck them, they're done. Yeah. I punched him in the <laughs> face, I'm not bringing them back. Yeah, yeah I forgot that guy's name. Um, uh, Smith something. I don't know. He's dead now, so it obviously yeah. doesn't. <laughs> it's obviously not a big deal. Yeah, it was Barosis. It was Barosis. Was it Barosis that put, was put in the dreadnought? Yeah, because um, spoiler alert: there's a whole lot of callbacks to Storm of Iron in Angel Exterminatus. Does Barosis die in Angel Exterminatus? I don't think he does. He does not. He gets put in a dreadnought, and um, a certain yeah. Iron Warrior named Grendel kind of follows him around like a melt-a-bomb-toting puppy. And um, <laughs> there are... This is called foreshadowing. Pay attention. Something might happen 40,000 years, or 10,000 years later. Doesn't Grendel kill Barosis? Yep, in the yeah. uh, spoiler alert. And puppy, his puppy turns evil on him, yeah. Yeah, the... Grendel is a little disillusioned with Boros's bossing him around, so he gives him a melt-a-bomb makeover. Oh, man, that's too bad. But that whole scene where Grendel and Barosis are training together is one of my favorite, because Barosis just gets his ass pounded by Grendel from the top, and, you know, he's like, where, where, where's this coming from? Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. Phrasing. We still doing phrasing? <laughs> that, was, that was... Good job! <laughs> Well, yeah, I think Grindel is the top in that case, right? Oh! Well, I mean, he, he's the one that walks away in the end, so... Yeah. Who are the surviving... What what are they called? The, they're not the Triarch. Are they the Triarch? Who are they? The, the, the uh, guys who make up... Instead of having a first captain for the Iron Warriors, there's, like, the three Triarchs. Yeah, yeah instead of, so the Iron Warriors have three instead of four, right? Instead of the Mornival, they have three. And... Who who are the surviving ones right now that we know of in forty k or in thirty k thirty thirty k as of the end of, Exter- of Angel Exterminatus it's um, Kroger 
Toromino? Yeah. I think Toromino is one of them. And um, Forex. Right. Yeah, Forex comes out and he's like, just call me the War Master. Uh, no, I think that's Toromino. Oh, Toromino is it? Is okay, it. you're right. Yeah, because yeah, he, start, he's, he starts seeing the skulls everywhere and he's like, mm, yeah. just call me Warsmith. And Cro- then 10,000 years later, he becomes a demon prince. Really? Uh, Toromino, I, again, I could be fucking it up, but whichever one becomes the Warsmith um, is becomes a demon prince later on, coincidentally, the same world, Hydrocordatus. Um, if you haven't read Storm of Iron yet, I suggest you do it. Not because it's a fantastic book, but because Angel Exterminatus has so many throwbacks to it that it's it's like a little Easter egg hunt. It's it's fun. I love those. So... so... Angel Exterminatus is where Storm of Iron picks up? Um, Angel Exterminatus happens, give or take, 10,000 years before Storm of Iron. Okay. okay. So Storm of Iron was one of the first... Uh, mm, it might have. It's definitely one of the first Black Library novels. Uh, and it was a Chaos Space Marine novel. Um, and it focused on Hansel, Kroger, and Forex fighting on Hydrocordatus. And then I guess... Later on, when they were writing the Horse Heresy series, they were like, hmm, uh, we need something for Iron Warriors. Ooh, let's do a whole book full of Easter eggs about Storm of Iron. And they did. Awesome. I love that, dude. Whoever you guys are, Black Library editors at large, whoever the fuck you guys are, like, you guys are doing the Emperor's work, man. Like, whoever you are, like, the link back between... 40k which we all grew up loving and and knowing and and bringing that back into the heresy um and just making that feel real like it just that man that's awesome yeah so to all of you listening read storm of iron then go back and read angel exterminatus and just enjoy the warm fuzzies you can probably find storm of iron for like five bucks in a good in a used bookstore so that was our uh, book section for this episode we accidentally ran into. <laughs> Didn't intend that, but... It's called it a segue, Will. It good happens. segue. Yeah, Very good. I love there. it, dude. But yeah, so we definitely want to have some like unique character stuff going on. People love it. If they didn't like it, we wouldn't be considering this kind of stuff, you know? By the way, Steven, that's a pretty badass little uh, demon prince you're working on. I just saw on the Facebook chat. Oh, thank you. Uh, We're definitely going to need to get pictures of that put up on the uh, Facebook page. Yep, he is my crater from Nova in his demon prince form. Oh, and his wings just broke off. Shit! Way to go. But uh, I don't know, what else do we have? we have anything else to go? Um, I mean, this is pretty much just all the event coverage, and then... uh, I know I've been keeping people waiting three weeks for the damn trivia answer. Yeah, are we going to have to stop doing the trivia because you can't make it every week to answer it? Uh, no, just think of it like um, a time extension. Oh, is that it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Or so let you me could put always... this dude's, talk amongst yourselves while I put this dude's wing back on. All um, right, go ahead, Jared. What do you got? All right, while he's asleep. For now, you mentioned uh, Fafniron being overpowered. So in the uh, second game, he took on Mark Martyr, the Galvorback Sergeant, um, did one wound to him on eight, eight attacks, then power fist to the face and died. Oh my god, he doesn't have Eternal Warrior, that's right. I love how you're speaking so softly about it. It sounds like you're narrating a golf game. And took a power fist to the face and died. Alright, golf clap, everybody. This, this has been NPR. Jared Lawson filling in for 
Jason Flynn. Speaking was, for the Dark Gods. We under par? We are under par, yeah. I know about um, that. All right, well, I think we're going to do the trivia, and then we'll probably uh, go straight into plugs. Then. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about the event? I'm good. Yeah, overall, man, I think it was amazing. Was uh, David, did we ask game. you how your games went? Oh, my God, please don't. Um, <laughs> I learned a lot. Uh, and, no, I lost every single one of my games, but um, I... Uh, I lost. Uh, I didn't lose by a lot. I lost by enough that I think I learned that you know, you know, at fifteen hundred points, man, you you've got to you've got to build in enough troops um, to secure those objectives. Like, you know, scoring units are key, right? So this was my takeaway from from the event. And this is why I really appreciate it, Will, and, and I think it's um it's important that we do more of these going forward. Um, if you can build a solid 1500 point list where you can score on objectives, um, the different mission scenarios, get into your opponent's deployment zone, um, I think you're doing really well. So I did lose all three of my games, but I learned a lot. I've gone back, I've retooled my list. I was playing Solar Auxilia. Um, I brought an Infernus. Uh, I don't think that's the best unit to bring at 1500 points because even though an Infernus is, it sounds brutal on paper. Like we're just going to, you know, chemical ammunition, all the upgrades, we're going to burn you out. Like it's, it's still only got six hull points and it's only 13, 12, 10, uh, all around. Right. So, and everyone's going to blow it up. Right. So it died first turn, almost every game. Um, if you see an Infernus on the table, that's the first thing you're going to target and you're going to, you're going to blow it up. Um, and it does, it blows up pretty easily. It doesn't have a flare shield. It doesn't have a lot of armor. Um, so it's going to go up and it's going to go big. And I, I think, um, at 1500 points, I was expecting a lot of, of, uh, of infantry outside of armored transports and there were almost none. So I didn't go up to, uh, you know, I didn't get to go against Mike. That would have been awesome. It would have been a great, <laughs> a great experience. Yeah, I'm sure it would have been awesome for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome, awesome for me. Um, but no, so so this is this is all like informative, right? So it's informed me on how to build my list, and I think putting a lot of a lot of points in reserve, putting a lot of points in like outflank at a 1500 point game. I would I would I would disadvise that um, because you're you're banking on being able to come on the board and being in, in in the position to do damage. And I think I'd rather have those units up front um, on the table to to maneuver and and fight and, and I think that would that would do a lot more in terms of uh, being competitive on the table. But no, I mean, it was a fucking great time, and I loved it, and I loved playing guys, uh, the guys that I got to go up against. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, it, was what, it is what it is, man. Very cool. And I do think your Infernus would have done really well against some other armies, for example, like uh, Jason's Mech, probably, being able to get a bunch of his cyborgs, uh, my army for sure, because you would have negated my minus one strength because it's all chemical warfare. And I had my, the core of my army was two 15-man tactical squads that would, being iron hands, I just stand on objectives and wait for you to try to shoot me off, you know? I don't have to advance or anything like that. But if you had an Infernus, you'd just turn them to goo 
by turn two, I'm sure. Yeah, no. So, so I mean, you know, it, it's it's all about the matchups, and sometimes you get good matchups, sometimes you don't. Um, my first matchup was Robbie, um, so I played a, a Solar Ox player who knew what he was doing. Um, we had very similar lists. He just brought the Valdor. I brought the Infernus. Uh, I think he got the better end of that deal. Um, Pat Patrick. <laughs> so um, his uh, his Cataphracty, his Jesteran. Um, they they deep struck, and I couldn't take them off the table. They three of them had chain fists, and they just made can openers of of everything. Um, so good job, Patrick, on that. And the last game I played was against Vincent, um, the new the new player from uh, Fredericksburg, I think. And Vincent just came down, and he just he fucking played the mission, man. And uh, he did a great job. And his his uh, you know his death blossom Leviathan. Um, so the uh, what are they the the twin storm cannons? Yeah, um, yeah, he came ready to fight with that for sure. Oh my god, they just they did work with uh, with Sunder and uh, and everything else. Um, you know, he could he could find my side armor and uh, with Sunder and eight shots uh on a leviathan and that leviathan man i mean leviathans are one of those units that like man if you can fucking roll that four up invol you could soak damage all day and uh it just you know if your if your rolls are good on a leviathan i mean you can soak all the damage in the entire world on that thing um and uh he did a good job and he uh he was a total gentleman about it, and I'd love to fucking play him again. Um, but very informative going forward, and uh, had a great time. So that was my experience. Very cool. At, yeah, yeah. Um, one more thing I want to say about Vincent was that, like, his whole army had flavor to it, right? Like his Leviathan had, you know, demonic inscriptions, and he had converted it up and added extra like demonic bits and whatnot to it. So it looked awesome, you know, um, and he like wrote really good narratives for his battles. Really cool stuff. I liked it, but, uh, all right. So we're going to go ahead and uh, do Steven's, um, thing now his trivia. The and then we're going to go ahead and roll trivia. into plugs. What? The long awaited trivia, which I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear it. has been waiting for it. All right. So, uh, the question this week was, or rather three weeks ago, uh, Bjorn the Fell-Handed is one of four dreadnoughts in the 41st millennium known to contain a survivor of the Horus Heresy. Name one of the other three. Um, and the... Uh, what was it? Two of these other three are from the same book. And I wish Jason was here because he would know where the other one was from. Um, but it is the War Sage Malcarion uh, of the Night Lords, Ragwell the Sufferer of the Blood Angels, and Cardozia of the Iron Hands are all three survivors of the heresy. Although survivors is kind of in quotation marks because they're in dreadnoughts. And Cardozia is part of the um not the Iron Circle. What are the what do the Iron Hands call it in 40k? Iron Council or whatever, where he leads all the clans? Something like that. Yeah, they have a in 40k Iron Hands, all the clans are led by dreadnoughts. Though they don't, you know, translate that into the game at all. But that's the fluff of it. But yeah, very cool stuff, man. Thank you. We gotta get you on this so we can keep the momentum of the uh, trivia going, or just hand your notes off to somebody so they can pick yeah, up. Uh, I, I can do that too. Um, which that being said, I have this week's question as well, um, and this one comes out of Book Seven, Inferno. It's another custodian question. What is the first maxim of the Adeptus 
Custodes. All right. Sounds good. We'll get that up on the uh, Facebook page. And, you know, love to hear your guys' input. Hey, Stephen, did anybody even get close on the uh, the Dreadnought question? Um, I had one guy answer uh, with an Ultramarines Dreadnought who I had never heard of, and I could not find information on him anywhere. So, unfortunately, I wasn't able to verify that. And then somebody I think it was Honor Telemachus is what the guy said. Can't um, remember. No, it was it was some like distinctly Roman sounding name. I'll have to go back. Oh. Um, but somebody Telemachus else suggested Roman enough, apparently. Yeah, uh, someone else suggested um, um, which, Oh yeah, somebody said Sagittarius, but the question yeah, was which I suppose it is Astartes. possible that Sagittarius could be rolling around still, um, but it is not confirmed, so I could not constitute that as a correct answer either. Your uh, your your sources for the four surviving dreadnoughts into the forty uh, first millennium are. Did you collect this information on your own because you're just a uh, you're a dreadnought fanatic? Um, uh, I, I did. Um, although Malcarion and uh, Rogwell both appear in the Night Lords trilogy, so. All right. So. So, according to Stephen, the lore master of uh, of Richmond 30K and the Remembrancers Retreat, there are four surviving dreadnoughts into the into the 41st millennium or the 40th millennium. Um, if you if you debate that, if you have any qualms, if you have any any qualifications that you feel need to be adjudicated or refereed, please send those to us. At uh, will help me out here. RVA30K at gmail.com. RVA30K at gmail.com. Your gripes and concerns will be heard. They will be ordered and they will be listed in reference and given to the uh, menials of the adeptus that that answer our email. Um, so, the adeptus email us. <laughs> so. So yes, um, your your concerns or gripes will be heard. But Stephen, what are you offering for this week's challenge? What is your what is your prize, sir? Let's see. Let me turn around and look in my own closet reporting. If somebody comes to me or messages it on the boards, uh, you have to be the first one because obviously I only have one of these to give away. Uh, I have a box of ten Mark IV Marines that I will ship to you free of charge. Damn! Okay, yeah, there we go. The game is afoot, gentlemen. Real prizes are on the line. Uh, you will also receive a complimentary shipment of ten attaboys. <laughs> oh, cool. <clears throat> so, what, what was the question shirts. again? Let's go ahead and reiterate that question. Yep, so, out of book seven, what is the first maxim of the Adeptus Custodes? Mm. Alright, let's get your answer in, folks. Posted where? Steven, does it have to be posted on the Facebook page, or does it have to be sent to you directly? How how are we doing this? Uh, for the purpose of clarity and transparency, once the um, once the question goes up onto the Facebook page, um, which I suppose I will coincide with the release of the episode, uh, the first person to answer correctly will receive the prize. Fair enough. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, get on it. Get those books out. All right. So, well, let's go ahead and uh, roll into plugs then. What do we got to plug? Uh, David, you got something coming up here in a few months, right? A couple months? I do. I do. 
So if you guys are not part of the Richmond 30K Facebook page, please um, please join. It's a, uh, it's a closed group. Uh, we do that so that our significant others don't realize how much of a um, <laughs> fanatic, <Black> <laughs> crazy people we are. Um, but yeah, no, no, it's a closed page. So you just have to, uh, you have to request to join the Richmond 30K Facebook group. And uh, you don't have to answer any crazy questions. You just have to. There is a credit check, though. No, there is. There are questions, but they're not crazy. It's stuff like, "What legion do you play? Are you loyalist or traitor?" It's just like paperwork stuff. Absolutely, yeah. So we know you're not like um, a Russian bot sent by Putin. Um, yeah, because he totally wants to know all the horse heresy secrets we have. Yep. Now we're going to be targeted by Russian hackers. Thanks, guys. That happened. I'm sorry. Man. Um. But yeah, no, join join the group because then you'll get access to or you'll have uh, you know, you'll you'll get the updates to all our events. So every month we have an event and uh in June it will be the second battle for Ariana Forge and it's pretty cool. We're gonna do um we're gonna do a couple of tables. I'm not gonna go into to it right now. Because uh, we'll go into it down the road, but there was already a a, a listing up, a, a posting for the event, the date, the time, um, and some information there. So go check it out. Very cool, Jared. Uh, by that I mean um, Jesse. Yep. Do you have anything to plug? Um, once again, I'd really like to thank Battlegrounds in Midlothian, Virginia, for being so generous and hosting our event. It was fantastic time. The people there are great. Uh, very welcoming. If you ever make your way down to Richmond, go just a little farther south down into Midlothian. It's one of the one of the nicer board game stores I've ever been in. Huge amount of space, and yeah, so definitely check out Battlegrounds. Steven, you got anything to plug? Um, I would like to plug one of my favorite uh, time killers, which is uh, the 30K channel. I don't know if any of y'all have ever watched that. Oh, no, what's that? That's a tiny channel nobody ever watches, right? It's not oh, like yeah, they're not absolutely. super popular or anything, are they? Uh, uh, yeah, I would just like to um, to state my love for them. Uh, I think yeah, they have probably some of the best hands down thirty uh, k battle reports that are currently available for viewing. Uh, they have a YouTube channel um, which has since gone. Uh, I, I guess with the changes that YouTube has been making to their uh, content creation policy, um, the YouTube channel has since gone silent. But they do still have all of their. Uh, battle reports there available to watch and they have a website uh, 30k cha- 30kchannel.com i believe is what it's called where you can pay uh, i think it's a seven dollar a month subscription but they put out something like six battle reports a, uh, a month or something it's yeah some- and they're not low quality battle reports at all they are top tier battle reports i mean the guy that does it just does phenomenal work he's providing a service you know we there's a lot of battle reports out there but this guy just is doing it the best but that's my plug all right thank you very much uh i'm gonna second jesse's and uh thank battlegrounds for being so great um and then just thank all the players that took time to uh kind of come out i really appreciate people coming out um if you want to see some of my progress, you can check me out, Lancaster underscore painting, uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, I post up, you know, all kinds of stuff there. And uh, then check out the Richmond 30K Facebook group and uh, our richmond30k.com for 
our painting recipes and uh, Battlefleet Gothic stuff and all kinds of good heresy stuff. Good stuff. All right. With that being said, everybody good? Yeah. Good episode, guys. Thanks. I really like just uh, chilling and talking about the event. I think that was a lot of fun. Yep. A lot of good takeaways from it, too, with uh, character progression, things we need to fix, things we need to continue doing. Any last words? Dave? Steven? I'm all set. Have fun, all right. guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You do it again. Bye. Awesome. Good night, everybody. Thank you.